the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. It's a couple minutes after 4. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thank you for tuning in. We continue our partnership with Trans World Radio, looking for folks willing to jump in and help us bring radios and the gospel to Asia, or to Africa, I should say. Uh, if you'd like to help out, it's simply 888-988-5656, 888-988-5656. And we're looking to provide 56 radios this week, if we can. They're $50 a piece. I think that's within range of a lot of folks, not everybody. Some can do two or three. So if you want to help out, we'd be most appreciative. And most importantly, on a very simple level, you're providing the gift of radio to someone else in a country that does not always have access to the same things that we do here. Some places definitely do, but other places don't. The beauty of the radios that we're giving is that they're wind up and they're connected to a battery. So you just charge them by, I don't know all the mechanics, but you charge and, and make the power happen by the, the wind up action. So you don't have to have a plug or electricity. You can take it wherever you go. So that's the beautiful thing. We're glad to work with TWR. We do every year, and it's our final partnership of the year. So let's finish strong. Hop on board if you would. Again, 888-988-5656 or at uh, WFIL.com. You can click the banner right there and help out with whatever level. It doesn't have to be exactly on a $50 number. It could be $10 towards a radio. It could be $1,000 and do 20 radios. Whatever you want to do would be wonderful. Looking forward to having comedian Rich Little join us later in the hour. He's doing a virtual show tomorrow, and uh, we'll chat with him a bit. Known for dozens and dozens of impressions over the years. And uh, also looking forward to giving some stuff away. And I have a little something, a little sad news to share, although you, you won't know this person. A friend of mine actually passed away yesterday. And I want to share something that would kind of popped up in my Facebook feed and was uh, good food for thought. Uh, so I want to share that with you a little later on in the hour. Also, uh, we brought our dog home for the very first time late last night, about 8, 8.30. And uh, I'll give you a little insight into what happened in the, the DeMoss living room <clears throat> more than once. Uh, the name of the dog and some other interesting information. But prior to any of that, I actually just got a press release from the Phillies that was uh, interesting in the middle of all of the different, you know, crazy year 2020 has been. And some good news that they had released. Uh, you may have been watching a game or two over the season, maybe more, and noticed all those cardboard cutouts in the seats behind the players. You know, the virtual, well, you know, fans can't be there in person in most cases, right? It gets till the playoffs now. So, and even that's very, very limited. So they had a program that allowed folks to buy a spot and have a photo in the background and all that. Raised a lot of money. And uh, to just give a little quick info on that, on Phillies Charities and how that panned out, a uh, friend of the program, John Brazier, joining us, Director of Fun and Games. How you doing, John? How you doing? Wonderful. 
We'd love to see the Phillies in the playoffs, but we are getting some pretty good baseball to watch, at least in the meantime. Got the Braves and Dodgers tonight. Braves are, like, rolling over everybody. It's crazy. Well, as, as are the Rays. So, uh, it's true. You know, we obviously trained down in Clearwater, and we played against the Rays in 2008. So, it's, uh, yeah, they, they have quite the, quite the staff, as we saw in the last series of the season. Yeah. I know, uh, just on a side note, are you, do you happen to be a fan of, uh, well, if you're not going to win it, you want someone in your division to win it, or at least your league to win it? You know what? I'm rooting for the Braves, and I'm rooting for the Rays, so I choose. I, I just go for the underdogs. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard to root for Astros with all the controversy that took place. Sure. And I'll never be able to root for the Dodgers. <laughs> uh, and L.A. just had a had a championship with basketball. So I'd like to see the Rays and the Braves. And um, No, I, I actually, last year, I was rooting for the Nationals. Yeah. Uh, I was pulling for our, our division. Yeah. So I'm the opposite. Yeah. I, I find stuff to pull for the Mets. Mets are the only ones I have a tough time rooting for. <laughs> you have to draw a line somewhere. Well, exactly right. It was quite a year. Uh, we checked in with each other earlier in the season, and uh, you know, kind of glad they plowed through it. A lot of challenges, but one of the bright spots uh, just had heard about Philly's charities, and they always do great work year round. Um, and the fan response for those uh, those cardboard cutouts, the heads in the seats, so to speak. What do you know about that program? And I mean, I know it raised a lot of money, which is a great thing in the middle of everything going on. Well, you know what? Uh, thank you. And it was a great program. Um, you know, teams throughout baseball did it. Um, I'd like to think that, you know, just by looking at, you know, watching a lot of our games and on the away games, I'd like to think that we probably had, I, I, I don't, I didn't see, I never saw a stadium that had as more, as many cutouts as we had. Yeah. Um, we had over 10,000. We filled the whole lower bowl. Um, you know, uh, we raised over $320,000. So for, for Philly's charities, so absolutely tremendous on that. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, we had the greatest fans and that just proves it right there. Uh, and we had some fun, we had some good ones. We had some celebrities, you know, we had Rocky Balboa. We had a lot of Eagles flyers. Um, we had Ben Franklin, um, you know, so we covered all that. We had some mascots, uh, Miles Teller is a big Phillies fan, yeah. uh, actor. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. And then we also had, as you, as you remember, we had, we were just going to have an opening series. We we're going to have. Um, you know, a lot of the healthcare workers from Jefferson and Nemours. Right. And we're going to have them just for the opening weekend. Well, it was such a big hit. We got so many great comments. Uh, and people obviously want to take care of the healthcare workers. We decided to leave them up there and keep them at their spot, which was the prime seating area, um, to honor the healthcare workers. So that worked out great. And then, uh, you know, and there's, there's a lot of heartwarming stories about people um, honoring their their grandparents have passed away. I know I had a hmm. close friend, Brian Dilworth, who was in the um, concert business. Uh, we got him a cutout, uh, and I just actually returned it to his, to his uh, widow. Uh, There's just a lot of good feel-good stories around the city. So it was, uh, it was a fun way to raise money and, uh, and to honor some people as well. I love that. I love that. And, and, and just to clarify, so folks could basically, you know, whatever the fee was, they could get – a cutout, they'd have to send in, I guess, in some kind of photo that was created into that, that cardboard part that was propped up. And then did they have it for the rest of the season? Is, is that how it would work? Or I didn't know the logistics yeah, too much. Yeah, yeah they, we offered it first to our season ticket holders at a certain price. And then at a little more expensive price, we offered it to the general public. Okay. Um, and, again, the demand was great. Uh, and as I said earlier, I, I, I literally I, – I, I, I'd be – it'd be hard-pressed to find – a ballpark that had more cutouts than we did. Well, you know, John, I know scrolling through Facebook over the course of the season, every now and again, I'd have a friend who uh, we know would 
put the fact that they had one there or they tagged somebody in the Facebook post. So even promotionally, you know, it worked out great to keep folks thinking about the Phillies during the season. And, and you know, you work the best you can through the, the difficult season we've been through as a country. And uh, it's neat to see some pos- a lot of positive come out of it with that $320,000 for Phillies charities. And, again, they do great work. I know I've worked with them, done some uh, DJ work for them. You mentioned Moore's Hospital every January. They do great events with the kids. The manager comes down, players come down, and that's just one of many things that they do year-round. So, um, yeah, so it's exciting to see this. I, I heard about it, I wanted to have you on, and I know next year it's going to be kind of take it as it comes, right, as far as the promotions you have to work on. But hopefully we can have you on again to talk about those as the picture gets a little clearer for folks. Yep, and uh, and, and please go on the Philly's YouTube uh, channel uh, because we actually have a lot of uh, uh, great stories regarding the cutouts. Uh, on that YouTube channel. So check out all the different Phillies platforms. And uh, it, 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 to me, it was a very successful endeavor. Jamie Trout and uh, a lot of people in our organization that uh, were instrumental in putting that together. That's great. Well, greetings to everybody at the Phillies, and we'll look forward to catching up with you when we get a chance. Thanks, John. All right. Thanks, Timmy Dan. All Take right. care. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. John Brazier, Director of Fun and Games for the Philadelphia Phillies. More coming up on the Tim DeMoss Show. Listen to AM560, WFIL.com, and the WFIL app. Thanks for hanging out today. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. It's the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL. Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. But that trick never worked. This time for sure. Presto! Well, I'm getting close. And now it's time for another special feature. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. And in the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. AM560WFL.com on the app. A song of encouragement there from Ryan Stevenson. It's Eye of the Storm, 420 on the Tim DeMoss Show today. A lot going on during the program, uh, including Rich Little, comedian, longtime impressionist, uh, going to be joining us a little bit later on. But also want to just pause and, and, uh, and share a song or two of encouragement because uh, you don't want to forget, you know, that uh, every day can be a challenge at this point, And uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of tension in our culture. We generally have tried to keep the program light, in case you hadn't noticed, throughout the year. Uh, not just light, but uh, just as uh, normal as we can. And, and I think God's blessed that. Uh, but it's also great to step back and have some good perspective. And that song does that. And I think this uh, next song, too, I want to play one other one for you. Uh, prefaced by some comments by the singer of the song. And so uh, without further ado, and I, I have played this a couple of times over the last six months, but it bears repeating its great words of encouragement uh, from Kirk Franklin. And uh, let's give it a whirl here. So I was on a flight from Dallas to New York several years ago. And as soon as we took off from the gate, I noticed that the plane stopped moving. And after 15 minutes, it turned into 30 minutes, and then it turned into an hour and two hours, and the plane was full, and now people are getting up, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. Folk are going to the bathroom, and now a delayed flight is now turning into a stinky flight, and people are frustrated because they don't know what's going on because there's, there's not enough communication. And the problem also was it was a sunny day, so it's like we could not see the problem. 
And then I also called my friend in New York. And I'm like, brother, y'all having a storm in New York? He's like, no, man, it's beautiful here. So by the time the pilot came on, he let us know that in between Dallas and New York, there was a storm. And it was a storm that we couldn't see that all flights were being delayed. And then also there were flights in the air already in between that air traffic control was trying to land. They were trying to create space for us to get up in the air. And so when we got the information, it kind of eased our souls a little bit because somebody that was sitting above our situation was able to give us a bigger perspective of the storm that we were in. A lot of y'all right now frustrated because you can't see what's happening right now. You're frustrated and you're in a delayed place and now it's turned into a stinky place and the plane is full. There are too many people in the house, too many people that, that are around you and, and now you're getting cabin fever. But I want to let you know, I'm inviting you to trust the one that sits high above the storm that we're in right now. And I want you to know that just because it's delayed does not mean that it's denied. And I want you to know that there's still space that he's creating so that when you take off, you'll still get there in time. And remember that the job and all the other things that you're worrying about, they are just a resource. They are not your source. The God that we're talking about that sits higher, he is your source. And if your resource closes, your God can create another resource because he is the one that can supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Let's go. To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go. AM 560, WFL.com and on the app. Kurt Franklin's looking for you. Keep the Jimmy DeMar show going just a second. Thanks for hanging out this afternoon at WFIL. Appreciate you being there. It's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. It's 4.30 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for listening in. A lot of sunshine with a high of 74 the deal the rest of the day and eventually a low of 51 tonight with clear skies. Sunny and a high of 76 for tomorrow. Friday, a lot different. Cloudy, rainy, kind of chilly. Friday's high just 60. National League Championship Series continues at 6.05 this evening. Atlanta's up two games to none after beating the Dodgers last night, 8-7. Also tonight at 8.40, following the first one, the American League Championship Series, Tampa Bay and Houston playing. Tampa Bay's up three zip in that series after winning 5-2 last night. Also last night, Tennessee Titans 42-16 over Buffalo. Eagles getting ready for their game Sunday afternoon at 1, uh, home against Baltimore. So uh, we're looking forward to having impressionist and comedian Rich Little joining us in a little while. But before the funny part, a little sad part, uh, Titan, actually, just you wouldn't know this, it's just a friend of mine, a uh, great guy. His name is Jay Schwartzendruber. I just wanted to uh, mention him to you and, and share a couple things with you. Uh, he was a big Tennessee Titans fan, which brought him to mind just now, but I, I had intended to want to just share a couple thoughts with you. I've been in radio for a lot of years, and I knew Jay. I got to know him back in the late 90s, and uh, he passed away yesterday of a heart attack at age 52. Longtime friend. I haven't seen him in a long time, but I used to go to Nashville twice a year to build relationships with the artists I used to play on our sister station, WZZD. I called it Live from Nashville. There were actually eight of them, eight full weeks. So it was, I think it was May and November every year I used to go. And uh, that would have been 1998 through 2002. So in the morning, I would broadcast the morning show that I was doing at the time, a music show, and have different people on. 
to give a slice of life as to what's going on in Nashville, whether it's a, a manager of a, of a band or an artist, certainly the recording artists themselves, our audience would be interested in, and all kinds of different kinds of guests. But then the rest of the day, I would spend getting to know folks from the record labels. I just figure as you have a relationship, it's easier to do business and it's less like business. It's really more like being together, working on the same team. So Jay was one of those people at the record label that I would go out with for lunch or something and hang out with. Often he'd send back some CDs I'd be able to bring and give away on the air, which is very nice. Uh, but beyond that, Jay was, um, so his background, just so you know, uh, he worked man, with so many different people, big guy, humble guy, soft voice, everybody's friend. He worked for uh, Squint, which was a Steve Taylor label uh, with uh, Sixpence on the Rich of the song Kiss Me that was huge, probably the number one song of 1999. He helped uh, market and promote the band even before then. He was with Goatee Records, which is co-owned by Toby Mac from DC Talk. Tons of artists on that label that he was associated with. He was the editor of CCM Magazine for quite some time, for those who uh, remember reading that. Uh, he was with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association for a number of years. And um, so it, pretty much everybody in Nashville and those who are in the music world are, are in shock at, that, that this has happened. Uh, again, he's 52, just 52 years old and just passed away yesterday afternoon. Uh, but so, uh, you know, I know there's a limited, uh, you, know, you don't know who he is directly, but he had an influence on a lot of people. And I, and I bring this up partly because he was just 52 years old and because I'm 52 years old and um, the older I'm getting, I'm starting to, I guess I've heard of this before. The older you get, you start to have friends who pass away. And, you you know, this is not the case, generally speaking, when you're in your teens and 20s and 30s. Um, so anyhow, I, I uh bring this up because also on his I, on Facebook is where I found out about it um, a number of people who have been posting on his on his timeline have been sharing the same thing uh, and it's the last post that um, that Jay actually put on his Facebook page and uh, I wanted to share that with you because I think there's a, a good uh, a lesson in it if you will uh, not just the message that it was shared, but also uh, a point that one of his friends made. And the the last post that this guy Jay, my friend Jay, had posted uh, said, the gospel doesn't call for passive disengagement or triumphalistic aggression, but for loving mercy, doing justice, and walking humbly with God. Micah 6, 8. The gospel doesn't call for passive disengagement or triumphalistic aggression, but for loving mercy, doing justice, and walking humbly with God, Micah 6.8. And Jay had just posted that hours before, and it was uh, from a Scotty Smith uh, sermon. Scotty Smith, a longtime pastor in Nashville, very well-known and well-respected. So that's good in and of itself, but the, the reason I wanted to also share with you is so another person had had shared uh, on Jay's timeline, said this is the last thing Jay put. He goes, maybe one way to think about this is, you know, when with all the stuff that's flying around on social media, if what's up there right now on your personal Facebook page was the last post you ever made, is that how you'd want to be go out, so to speak? Is that what you would want the last thing people to look on your page and say, 
wow, so-and-so is really angry about something or what, you know, not that you can't express your opinion, not that you can't put a picture of the, you know, your latest uh, creation in the kitchen or whatever it might be. But it was just really a, a reminder to be mindful of our days that life is short and to not waste them on things that are empty or, or, or worthless, but, or, or that are just going to lead not in a positive direction. But are you, are you posting things on Facebook and on social media and in your life, really, because life is much bigger than social media, but are you conducting yourself in a way that if that was the last sentence you said, that this is the last show I ever did today and I died of a heart attack when I walk out of here, would I be glad that I did the show that I did? Or the last thing you put on Facebook, would you be glad that that was the last, that was the period on the end of the sentence? And so just a great reminder that Jay, just 52 years old, very young, you know, by any, any measure and uh, out of the blue. So just be encouraged as I look in the mirror and, and trying to consider these things. I, I continually do that. We try to reevaluate priorities and all that and say, so what, uh, what am I doing anyway? How am I spending my time? What words are coming out of my mouth and how am I living? You know, it's good to have reminders for sure. And certainly when someone passes away, that comes into play. So uh, if you think of it, pray for Jay. He leaves uh, his wife, uh, Jamie, he leaves behind. And again, uh, just tuning in, my friend Jay uh, passed away of a heart attack yesterday at age 52. Longtime friend in Nashville. He... In fact, I remember now as I'm playing Steve Taylor's music here, this little bump song called Shortstop. 20 years ago when I was trying to get Steve Taylor on my morning show, Jay was the guy I got in touch with that happened to be right like next to Steve and made it happen. A lot of other touch points. Uh, but anyhow, be encouraged as you as you hear these things to, to take stock and ask God for wisdom how to live wisely as unto him. And if you have fences to mend, you have some people to say I'm sorry to or whatever it might be, make certain things right to to work on that. Don't wait till tomorrow. You don't know if you're going to have tomorrow. Comedian Rich Little is going to be joining us in just a little bit. I'll also let you know a little bit more about that dog we brought into our family last night. I asked for some uh, insight from the listeners to, uh, you know, what what name we should choose. And uh, I'll tell you how that went and all that. Uh, but it'll give you the, the winning name after our break here. It's Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. Thanks for hanging out today. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. It's 441 on the Tim DeMoss Show. We're going to be welcoming on board in just a moment comedian Rich Little. Done tons of impressions and impersonations over the years. But in case you're not familiar with him, I just thought uh, I'd give you a couple of quick clips. This is a uh, courtesy of the Mike Huckabee Show. And uh, Huckabee had asked uh, Rich Little about... You know, who's your favorite? And he's, he mentions Ronald Reagan as being his favorite. And here's where uh, Rich Little continues. Uh, oh, here we go. The wrong button. All right, here we go. People I've known, and uh, he was just an incredible man with a great sense of humor. And when you were talking to Ronald Reagan, he gave you his full attention. He never looked away. He was just concentrated on you. And I was always, always impressed with that. And I realized years later that the reason was he couldn't hear. He was, he was reading your lips. He was reading your lips. I don't think he had much hearing at all. So that's Rich Little. And then uh, he goes into actually doing a little impersonation of Ronald Reagan. But, you know, if, if, if Ronald Reagan was alive today and he was doing that f- famous Berlin speech, he would probably say, 
Miss Pelosi, build that wall. <laughs> so that's just a little snippet of, of Rich Little on the Mike Huckabee show. And just for one that's a little closer to home, Huckabee goes and asks him another question. Here we go. Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. You did Jimmy Stewart, I understand, one time. Indiana, Pennsylvania is where he's from. And I did some recordings that they played on the street corner, telling people when to walk and what I'd, I'd just say. I'm, I'm, what, hold, hold on, the, 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 the light is red. <laughs> and uh, uh, you, 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 you can cross in a few minutes, but um, uh, uh, Harvey wants to cross right now. That's Rich Little again on the Mike Huckabee Show. Just a couple of his well-known impersonations, Jimmy Stewart. Ronald Reagan and many others also doing a special show tomorrow night. You can find out more about the, the rich little.com. And he joins us on the program, the Tim DeMoss show. How are you, sir? I'm fine. Good. Thanks for taking time to chat a little bit. The virtual. Oh, my, my yeah. pleasure. Yeah. Well, a couple quick things, obviously the virtually speaking uh, event on the 15th of, of this month, what are folks in store for? I've heard a couple of pretty cool things that are planned for that. Well, I'm going to do uh, a little history of my career, a mini history of my career, and um, do a lot of impressions. And it um, will be great because I haven't performed in five months, so it'll be great to get back into it again, you know. And, um, it, you know, if you want to see the show, go to stageit.com and put in my name, and uh, tickets are, I think, $15. Okay. And I'll be doing it uh, live from my house. That's you know? great. I, and, and also, some some folks may not know this about you, but the, you you have uh, artwork. I guess is it charcoal drawings primarily that that you're you do. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Charcoal charcoal drawings. I've been I've been sketching uh, uh, long before I did impressions. I started sketching when I was fifteen, so I've I've done hundreds and hundreds of uh, of sketches of uh, film stars. And uh, when you see my show, uh, you'll see a lot of my art in the show as well. When I imitate somebody, I will show their picture that I drew before I do it, you know, do the impression. I love charcoal. It's a great medium. Yeah, yeah. Folks can actually, um, if I'm not mistaken, you have a book, People I've Known and Been, Little by Little, that actually shows some of those uh, charcoal drawings that you've done and it benefits veterans, I understand. Yeah, I brought the book up to date. I, I added a couple of new chapters, and uh, I'm going to re-release it, as a matter of fact. And uh, I'm pretty happy with the book. It's uh, not a biography. It's really funny things that have happened with me and celebrities down through the years. So it's a comical book, in a, in a way. This isn't, a, this isn't the history of my career, really. Okay. Although I do talk about my childhood, but uh, mo- mostly it's about... Uh, the people I've worked with, you know, Jimmy Stewart, and John Wayne, George Burns, Jack Benny, Orson Welles, Lucille Ball, uh, you know, wow. all, all, all the great people I worked with. What a rich history for you. And I'm just thinking um, of the how many impressions would you say are in your library at this point? I, I do close to 200, but I I do a lot of uh, character actors and uh, I do a lot of uh, impressions of uh, of relatives and people like that who <laughs> I would never do in my act, but yeah. uh, I, I do. I do about two hundred impressions. How many of those folks did you get a chance? Would you say to meet over the years? A lot of them, would you say? Yeah, quite a few of them. One of the big thrills of my career was that uh, 
you know, growing up in Canada, I had many idols, many movie stars and television performers that I idolized. And, and within 10 years, I, I got to know them and work with a lot of them. And that, that, that was the biggest thrill of my career was the, the people I've met and the people I've worked with. A lot of them are gone now, but, uh, um, you know, I have some great memories, and uh, I put them in this book. So if you buy the book, you'll, you'll hear about all the people I work with. Uh, Rich, tell me about this for a second. For you, what makes an imp- impression entertaining for you, uh, besides maybe the obvious the, you know, voice matching, sounding like the person? What other elements go into it to make it a lot of fun for you and that you want to make sure it's part of what you do with your act? Um, well, you know, dreaming up the joke that I'm going to say as the person. Yeah. You know, you can't just do an impression of a voice. You've got to have them say something funny. And uh, I write all my own material. So that's half the enjoyment is putting the act together and and uh, getting the material for, for the character you're doing, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing Jack Benny, you do cheap jokes. And you do George Burns, you're doing eight jokes. And, and you know, if you're doing Ronald Reagan, you um, talk about his his uh, age and his career, and uh, you know you you have uh, you have to you have to have the right material for the right person you're doing. You know what what's led you to do voices? Uh, I mean, I'm thinking obviously if some just falls in your lap that it's easy. Maybe someone you you pick up quickly, but there are others. I'm guessing you had to work at for quite a while. What goes through your mind about like I think whether it's even current events or like completing a series like presidents how you want it well i got to get this guy down now because i have all the other ones down yeah well you know you have to uh keep up to date you know uh, and do some new ones and um as well as doing the the ones that i'm known for you know so i'm I'm always adding a couple of new voices every couple of months interesting so to keep it fresh you know a lot of young people don't know who a lot of these people are you know (laughs) sure Sure. Do you, do you enjoy it? Like, I, you know, I could just sit and say, instead of asking you questions about your impersonations and impressions, I could just say, do some. And do you mind when people ask you to do that? I'm guessing that you're, you've done it so many times, it's second nature to you. Uh, no, I, I, I don't mind it at all. I, you know, I was in a restaurant the other day, and the gal says, don't leave me a tip, just do an impression for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So I did Jack Benny for her and only left her nickel. <laughs> Rich, it's great to make your acquaintance. Thank you so much for taking time with us today. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Stay well. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. All right. That's Rich Little, therichlittle.com for info. If you want to check out his uh, show tomorrow at stageit.com, you can just look up his name and go from there. We have a quick break to take, and then we'll wrap up our program. A couple special things to throw at you. At least I think they're special. Hang on. It's Tim DeMar's show on WFIL. Thank you for uh, listening in this afternoon. Always a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. It's 4.53 on the Tim DeMoss Show on WFIL. So, I think my daughter's on the line. Theodora, are you there, dear daughter? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, sweetie. How you Hi. doing? How you doing today? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Good. Well, I mentioned to the fine WFIL listening audience yesterday that our family was undergoing a little bit of a change last uh-huh. last night. 
and mm-hmm. I mentioned that we were going to have a dog. And I, Yeah. And I asked them about a name for suggestions and all that. So I had some good input, but I want to call you and check in. Maybe you could let folks know what this beautiful little doggy's name is and give an update on day one, how things are going. Okay. Um, his name is uh, Moose. Like Moose. The animal. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It fits his personality because he's going to be huge. He's um, a labradoodle. He, um, and he's very, yeah, he's just gentle and he's soft and, yeah. For now. When he gets bigger, do you think he's going to be... Gentle as well. I don't know a lot about because you did a lot of research. I will. I he just hasn't. Want, yeah. Yeah, he's very. I think he's going to be. Okay. Does it help you a and, gentle giant? Yeah, and the update on day one is uh, well, he's been doing very well in his potty training. Uh, he knows how to sit and come on call already, and yeah, he's good. Okay. He's a fast learner. Well, when you guys came in. From you went on a little trip, you and mom, to bring him back, mm-hmm. and you guys walked in last night. Everybody mm-hmm. came out of their rooms, and instantly there was a oh, so cute, so cute. Yeah. So what? Uh, so it's a, it's a blessing of this little doggy in our lives. His again, his name is Moose, and uh, just as a ten year, ten years old, right, my sweet daughter. So uh, just. I wanted to also ask you, what did you learn? Because you had to work pretty hard to research and ask good questions. Can you think about anything you learned uh, over the last, I guess it's been over a year, you did a lot of work on this, finding the right dog and everything? Yeah, um, it's just a great way of um, God's faithfulness. And it's a great way of him showing himself to me as, yeah, just faithful. And it's um, definitely perseverance rewarded as well. So God was faithful, and he helped you learn how to persevere. Because, yeah, I also had a couple other dogs you were looking at that it fell through. So that was disappointing, right? You you had to learn how to deal with disappointment, too. Yeah. Well, good, my dear daughter. I love you a lot, and I'm looking forward to seeing you at soccer practice in a little while. Yep. All right. Don't forget your shin guards. Okay, I will. I love you, sweetie. And your water bottle. I won't forget that. All right. I'll I'll see you and your mask. Yes, right. Okay. I love you. Give Moose a little pat on the head for me, and we'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. I love you, sweetheart. All right. That's uh, my daughter, Theodora. Yeah, she's the fifth of our five children God's blessed us with, and the dog conversation started with our firstborn, Tim, who's now 22, and for different reasons, we never got one, but... um, in the last, uh, one of the biggest reasons, honestly, is our sweet Tori Joy is 14 and has a lot of, a lot of challenges. Uh, we just didn't want to add a dog to the mix because we didn't want to just have a dog and say we had a dog and take care of it properly. So we're kind of waiting for a better time. And uh, as it's turned out now with Theodora, she's been asking for over a year, been working on it, researching. I, I always thought you could just go down the street and, you know, pick up a dog. But there were some special requirements we had, hypoallergenic because our our daughter's disabilities and some other things, too. So in the end, it took longer than I thought, and you had to drive out of state to get it and all that. But uh, that's 
We all were just chilling and watching this little fur ball walk around the, on the living room. Peed in our living room five times, uh, but we worked together to alleviate that. Took turns every 90 minutes. Go outside, do your business, the whole thing. <laughs> TMI. Anyhow, I'm glad to hear that things are improving. But uh, that's a little saga, a little story as we add a new family member to the DeMoss household. Thank you for listening in. Don't forget, you want to help out in our partnership with Trans World Radio. 50 bucks provides a radio for someone in Africa. It's a beautiful opportunity. WFL.com is where you can do that or by calling 888-988-5656. 888-988-5656. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>